Hello, everyone. We are so excited to announce this year's Principles to Practice Summit on Montessori and Ecological Consciousness. Join us for this transformative summit, which brings together experts, scientists, activists, and educators to explore how Montessori education can nurture environmental stewardship in our students and cultivate a generation of sustainability leaders. Our lineup of speakers, including our keynote speaker, Robin Wall Kimmerer, will present practical strategies for seamlessly integrating Montessori principles with sustainable practices, empowering educators to foster environmentally aware and socially responsible learners. The summit will run June 17th through 19th, but tickets are available now. Head over to courses.trilliummontessori.org for more information. I'm Simi Abdullah, and I'd like to welcome you to Trillium Montessori Talks, the podcast where we dig into the theory and application of Montessori methodology in the classroom and beyond. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Letty Rising and other Trillium course creators. Our goal is to provide you with a weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can optimize the classroom experience for your students and yourself. Ready? Let's talk Montessori. Hello there. My name is Letty Rising, and welcome to Montessori Talks, the place where you can find out lots of information related to all things in the Montessori elementary environment. And today's topic that I'm going to be talking about is how to respond to questions from elementary children. I once gave a workshop to a group of parents, and when I talked about how elementary-aged children are knowledge seekers who are interested in knowing about everything, I saw flickers of joy and delight in their faces as they imagined their children absorbing the totality of what Montessori educators know as cosmic education. However, their smiles transformed into exasperated sighs and frowns and looks of hopelessness when I told them that the pathway for them to acquire all of this precious knowledge is through asking lots and lots of questions. One parent raised her hand and said, I just thought my child was being annoying. You mean that this is actually a developmental phase? Then many parents began to share their experiences of feeling weary, unconfident, irritated, and more from the seemingly endless amount of questions that their children asked day in and day out. After their various sharings, it was clear that the root of their frustrations sprung from the discomfort that arose inside of themselves when they did not know the answer to a question, or if they didn't believe that they could adequately explain the answer. After all, when children are around the age of three or four, the questions they ask are often pretty easy to answer. Mostly, they want to know what and why. They want to identify and label objects around them, leading to the development of a rich and varied vocabulary. However, when they get to the second plane, the questions start to transition away from what 
and more towards why and how. It's a lot easier to answer, what is that? That's a dog. Or why is the dog wagging his tail? Because it is happy. As opposed to how does a dog get rabies? The latter involves information that the adult may or may not have background knowledge for. Most Montessori educators who have been in the classroom for any amount of time have developed the humility to say, I don't know the answer to that. And also the wisdom to say, but I have some ideas on where you can find that information. It demonstrates both strength and confidence in oneself to be able to hear a child ask a question that you don't know the answer to without becoming frozen with fear for not knowing how to respond. This strength and confidence develops over time through experience. However, even the most experienced teacher can sometimes be thrown off guard when it comes to responding to children's queries. Let's look at a variety of effective ways in which you can respond to children's questions. These different ways are going to help you navigate their questions in the classroom and will support your teaching and their learning. Here's a question. What do you think the answer to that might be? One of the most effective approaches is to respond to a question with a question. You might want to respond intentionally, coming from a place of genuine curiosity, of seeking to understand their thinking process, taking great care to not come across as annoyed, condescending, or judgmental. If a child detects even a sliver of irritation on your part, it is likely that they will shut down, not offer a response, and feel self-conscious for asking in the first place. This can lead to a lack of confidence in asking questions, and eventually they will lose interest altogether. Listening carefully to their response will inevitably lead to more questions, further dialogue, and some strategies for seeking the answer. Another way you could respond to their questions are, who else could you ask that might know the answer to your question? This is a great question to ask for several reasons. It helps the children learn to rely on each other rather than relying on you, and thus they can view their peers as potential sources of information that they can tap into. This notion propels your students away from the paradigm where the adult is the all-knowing entity, the sage on the stage, and into a new paradigm where information can be sought and found in multiple sources. Also, the more that children interact with each other, the more strong communal bonds are formed. If you have a classroom where everyone is seeking your attention and not seeking the attention of each other, you will want to take note of that and consider if you are encouraging them to lean on each other for support, help, inspiration, and connection. Also, connecting the children to each other is a proven strategy for delegating the task of answering questions thus preserving the mental and emotional energy that you as the teacher are giving each and every day. Answering questions for 25 or so students in your class can be really exhausting, and bringing the students in as collaborators in this endeavor 
will keep your energy reserve high for other things. When a child comes to recognize that there are 20 or 25 other people in the room who could answer their questions, the responsibility to answer doesn't fall solely on you as the workload is distributed out to others. Another way to respond to questions could be to say, I don't have the time to respond to that right now. Can you come back to me in five minutes? There may be times when you are genuinely busy and may need to say this. Or maybe you have a particular student who comes up to you and asks you questions that they can answer themselves and you want to put them off just a little bit to see if they could become resourceful on their own. When you do tell them to return in five minutes, one of four things will probably happen. One, the child learns how to exercise their patience muscles as they wait for you to be available. And so they're just developing their patience, and that's a great thing. Two, they seek out other teachers or peers to help answer their questions. So here they are finding other ways to be resourceful using other people. Three, they seek out the answer to the question from available resources on their own. And this could be an encyclopedia, an atlas, a thesaurus, an internet search, lots of other potential opportunities for finding resources in different areas. And four, the question wasn't important and they forget about it. This can happen often, actually. You could ask somebody to come back in five minutes, and if it wasn't really that important, they're going to get engaged in something else and forget that they even had that question. Another way to respond to children that I find particularly helpful, especially if you're not sure how to respond, is to say, I'm not ready to respond to that yet. I will get back to you this afternoon, or I will get back to you tomorrow morning and offer a designated time. Sometimes you can't respond to a question that has to do with a decision that lies with you and you haven't thought it through enough to be able to respond in the moment, or it's an information-based question and you think you know the answer to their question, but want to check your resources to make sure that you respond to it correctly. Take the pressure off of yourself. Just because someone asks you a question doesn't mean that you have to respond in the moment that the question is asked. Letting the child know you aren't ready and just as important when you will get back to them is important for building trust. And it might be that you tell them you can't get back to them until tomorrow at lunch and maybe you still won't be ready. You'll still respond at that time tomorrow at lunch and say, I know I was told you I was going to respond today, and I just want to let you know that I need a little bit more time to respond to that because of XYZ, because we had an unexpected event happen, or you, know, you could get specific with it. And then you will say, I will get back to you tomorrow. As long as the communication is clear and solid, questions can be put off for a day or two until clarity has arrived. Another way you might want to respond doesn't have anything to do with any words that you will say. You could take a pause and allow yourself some thinking time before answering. Sometimes it's beneficial to just pause, look up and say, hmm, and count silently to 10 before responding. 
because during that time, the child might have run up to you with the question only to scamper off immediately after it was asked. When you have a child who asks the same question repeatedly, and you know that they know the answer to the question, then the chances are good that the child is using this strategy as a way to connect with you. Sometimes just smiling at them, taking a pause and kindly asking, remember you already asked me that? Do you remember what I said? Will be enough for them to say, oh yeah, that's right. And then just run off to join their friends. Another way you can respond to the elementary child's question is to say, that's a great question. Let's find out together. This is a response that I find unique to the Montessori approach. In a traditional sage-on-the-stage type of learning environment, the possibility of a teacher not only saying, I don't know, when a question is asked, but then taking it a step further by showing interest in a student-initiated topic is not typical. It takes a sense of humility on the teacher's part combined with a genuine curiosity and desire to see the child as a collaborator rather than an empty vessel to be filled with knowledge. From this perspective, knowledge and information is not a one-way flow. Instead, it is a flowing of information in both directions, with the adult and the child being the giver and the receiver of the knowledge that they come across. It becomes a shared learning experience, which can ultimately lead to greater understanding and increased connection. So although this is not really a typical way of responding to a question in a traditional environment, it actually is something that you see often in Montessori environments. And that's one of the beauties of our classrooms that we have that offers um, the children an amazing experience. Another way you want to respond is to give the children just enough information, but not too much. So when responding to your students, it's often helpful to give them a brief and concise explanation rather than a lengthy speech containing numerous details about a topic. If the child has further questions after integrating that information that you presented to them, they will come back to you and ask for more. Also, answering their questions with lengthy, complex answers prevents them from taking the kernel of knowledge that you shared with them and turning to books or an internet search or even an expert during a going out excursion to find more. So, I've mentioned numerous ways above in which teachers can respond to their students' array of questions regarding all things contained in our universe, also known as cosmic education. However, there are also some ways in which you won't want to respond. And this might be tough for some because it means at the very least hiding your feelings and at most, and this is preferable, shifting your mindset to see your students' endless questions differently. Here are some responses that you're going to want to eliminate from your repertoire. Eye rolling. You might find yourself thinking, here he is asking me more questions when I already answered several earlier today, yesterday, or the day before. 
eye rolling can be an unconscious behavior and it's hard to self-detect. If you work with an assistant, ask them to give you feedback on whether or not you are rolling your eyes at students. While it can be unintentional, and most often it really is, the outcome is that children may feel confused, embarrassed, belittled, and or vulnerable. Another way you're not going to want to respond to their questions is by sighing. Resist the inclination to let out a long, loud sigh when the same child comes up to you with questions or is asking the same question repeatedly. Like eye rolling, sighing can signal to the child that their wish to engage with you is not being met with enthusiasm. And this can contribute to low feelings of confidence, as well as a future resistance to asking questions for fear of not being well-received. Another way you will not want to respond is somewhat obvious, but it bears repeating, telling the children that they ask too many questions or asking them, why do you ask so many questions? This is a surefire way to shut a curious child down, which is the opposite of what we want to do. Here's one that I think is a good one that not everybody thinks about, which is telling them to quote unquote, look it up using a condescending tone or without having given them the proper support on how to do so. Our words can carry a very different meaning depending upon the tone that is used and the tone is most often shaped by intention. If you respond with look it up in a dismissing tone, they will feel that. If you respond using the same words with a tone that implies an invitation, they will feel that too. Also, you never want to tell a young elementary child in particular to look it up when they may not yet be reading fluently or if they haven't yet learned the research skills needed to find information independently. You will want to give children small group lessons on how to find information in a dictionary, a thesaurus, an atlas, an encyclopedia. You will want to show them how to conduct an effective internet research. These skills will increase their independence and help pave the way towards them answering their own questions without your assistance. They will get there in time, but telling them, look it up when they don't have the tools or the understanding of how to do so is not going to set the child up for success. So some final thoughts here. Elementary students ask lots and lots of questions, and this is to be expected supported, and encouraged. If you can think of the endless questioning as a developmentally appropriate aspect to be honored and even cherished in the second plane child, then your words, your voice, your tone, and your body language will reflect that. Responding to their questions with interest, curiosity, kindness, and humility will help them strengthen their confidence, and will also give them the practice to learn how to ask great questions, which will serve them for years to come. Thank you for joining me today, and I look forward to you joining me in the next episode of Montessori Talks. 
Thanks for tuning in to Trillium Montessori Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love the practical and actionable classroom management advice in the Montessori Principles to Practice webinar libraries. Head to trilliummontessori.org forward slash podcast for details and to learn about all the ways we can help you optimize your Montessori work. We'll be back soon with more Montessori inspiration. In the meantime, please help other Montessori guides find this podcast by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform. Thank you for being a part of the Trillium community.